Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women and creator of Jumpstart. I am also the creator of the Women in Japan Mastermind. So thank you so much for listening again today. By the time you're listening to this, I won't actually be in Japan if you're listening to this in at the end of March when it goes live, I will be in hopefully sunny New Zealand with my family enjoying some very much uh, needed family time. And so I will be focusing on enjoying my time with my family in New Zealand. It's what I've just said. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm what I'm doing with the podcast is I'm recording in advance and so these will be playing while I'm away. That said, please do get in touch with me on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what you think of the episode, um, your takeaways, what you got out of it, or even let me know if you would like to be on an episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. So I know it can be daunting, but even, you know, people like everyone who's come on has said, wow, it was so much fun. I'm really glad I did that. It really got me out of my comfort zone, but um, they had a great time and they definitely didn't regret it. So if that's you and you're wondering if you can do it, you definitely can. And I'd love to hear from you. So today we, uh, I am, have an interview with Jasmine Shea from Your Dinner is Planned. And so Jasmine is uh, someone who is a member of uh, James Wedmore's Next Level Coaching Program. Well, she's actually one of um, James's coaches. And she, yeah, she is a real go-getter. Like you can hear it when you talk to her. She, you know, everything she decides to do, she just goes and does. And I really love that. That's something that I'm really working on is actually doing the things that I, you know, say I'm going to do instead of just thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. So she's created this really amazing meal planning system membership that you can join. And the reason why I really wanted to have her on to talk about it was that this is something that we waste so much time and energy on, as especially if you're a mother with a family of small kids who are probably, you know, complain about everything you put in front of them. <laughs> I know mine are just like, yeah, it can be really, really tricky sometimes to come up with meals that everybody's going to like and to shop for the meals. It's a lot of work. and it's a lot of mental load, right? And when you've got all those other things to think about, who wants to be trying to decide what we're going to have for dinner? So if you, if that's you and you're still sort of struggling with this, then definitely listen to this episode. Like this, um, you know, it doesn't matter where in the world you are, this could be something that could really help you. Um, I use a Japanese version of Your Dinner is Planned and they actually deliver the food as well. Those um, sorts of services are available, but, you know, if you cannot read Japanese well enough, you will be spending hours trying to figure out how to cook the actual recipes. So um, this is potentially something if you just at the end of the day, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't need to spend, you know, be reading any more Japanese today, then you might want to consider something like your dinner is planned. And it's not expensive either. It's, it's actually 
um, you know, very affordable. And for the amount of brain space you get back, I think it's definitely worth it. So please do uh, have a listen to our conversation and listen to Jasmine. She's so enthusiastic about food, which is something I'm not. (laughs) So yeah, it's a a nice um, combination there. So I hope you enjoy uh, this interview. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Yes, thanks, Jane. So happy to be here. Yeah, so for all of you, uh, all of my listeners who don't know Jasmine, um, whereabouts are you talking to us from today? I am in Southern California in the United States. Woohoo! How's the weather in Southern California today? You know, it's typically sunny about 360 days of the year, but we've had a lot of rain, so it's a little cloudy, a little cool, but it's it's beautiful here. Lots of palm trees and sunshine. Yeah, so I've been seeing that on Instagram a lot um, with various people who live over there. It's just been like a cold winter, and it's been raining, yes. and all the, you know, it never rains in Southern California and the song and all of that, but yeah, <laughs> it's been a crazy winter for you guys over there. So here in my part of Japan, it's a beautiful sunny day too, but it's probably about, oh, it's, it's five degrees outside, so I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's not. Not much. It's pretty cold. Yeah. And, you know, we can't complain because it's beautiful. So, (laughs) yeah, very good. So, yeah, um, Jasmine, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do. So, I have a membership site. It's called Your Dinner is Planned, which is the fastest and most affordable way for busy families to get healthy dinners on the table. But I certainly did not start out doing that. I have a background in business in human resources. So I was working in the corporate world in human resources and really ultimately settling. I worked in a very stressful job, but I thought at the time that's what I strived off of. I thought I strived off of continually working and stressing. And then I got into nutrition and fitness for my own self and started sharing that with others on Instagram. And I just saw how others were implementing it and how helpful what I was learning could be if I shared that with others. So I continued to share recipes and what was working for me. And that evolved into healthy cookbooks and cooking workshops and now my membership site. Wow. So something that you just started out for yourself has become now this is your full-time gig, right? Your membership site. Yes. My main focus is now all online. I quit my corporate job and here I am. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, that's amazing that you went from being in that, you know, hard out corporate world, working really, really, really hard. And you thought this is what makes me um, perform. Yeah. Is like thrashing I myself. Did. Yeah. yeah. And that's just all that I knew. I grew up with school, a big emphasis on school and just working so hard. And that's, that's fantastic. I'm very grateful for that. I learned a lot and really created a great work ethic from that, but I realized there was so much more than just having a good work ethic. So (laughs) ultimately quit that and pursued what I became passionate about. 
Yeah, well, we're all about the transformations here on this (laughs) podcast. So I love your transformation from corporate working really, really hard to, yeah, your new lifestyle, which is, yeah, obviously far more free and it's up to you how how much you're working. How did did you transition? Did it, like, was it instant or was it a process? You know, I'd actually say it was a little bit of both. Uh, Comparatively, it was quite instant. So I was in my corporate job. The slow part or the slower part was I had been sharing recipes on my Instagram and online for, for quite a few months. I would say about four to six months or so creating very consistent content. And again, it was really for me. It was, hey, I love this recipe and I'm passionate about this. Here, how about you try it as well? So consistently showing up, but then I created my first cookbook and I released that and it did not take long for me to then decide almost instantly to quit my job. And I just knew there was something else out there to be able to fulfill my potential and help people. So the decision, once I recognized what potential I was setting on was, was pretty instant. Mm. And then of course, transitioning into the online world, it was a lot of learning and making mistakes and learning again. But I mean, even when I'd make a mistake, I still figured that was progress forward and I still wasn't stuck in my job. So a little bit of a mixture of different speeds of momentum. Yeah. It sounds like in the scheme of things, it sounds pretty like dramatic. Yeah. You, you know, it was, it was <laughs> here I had my corporate job and here I, here I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. So um, yeah, whatever works in the end. And you, did, you, did you have some really good um, results from your first cookbook? So I did from what I was used to from making zero sales online to actually even selling one to thousands. And it was less about the success I had with it, even in numbers, but more just that people we're implementing it. People wanted the recipes. And for me, that was so much more important than, than really the performance of it, because I knew that it just showed me I wasn't happy and I was ready to, to step into that transformation. So it did, but I also think it did because I believed in it and I was, I was ready to, to help people in a new way. Yeah. So if you want to check out um, Jasmine's Instagram, you definitely should because that's really, really awesome, her Mm -hmm. account there. So what's your Jazzy Things? Is that right? Yeah. Jazzy Things. J-A-Z-Z-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. Jazzy Things. And I share a lot of recipes over there. So go check it out and you'll definitely receive some recipes and some inspiration. Yeah, and I love following how you are doing your dog walking with the rescue dogs and your cats. You've got the the two two cats, is it? Is that right? Yes, two cats. Two, two cats. cats. We're animal lovers here. Yeah, I love animals too, and but I'm actually allergic to cats, so I have to admire them from afar. Um, but I love the work that you're doing with walking the dogs from the rescue center and helping them to find new homes as well. Like that that's really beautiful. So please keep doing that. Um, Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your dinner is planned because I'm not a cook. I'm not interested in food, particularly Mm -hmm. if someone could like actually, you know how we often create our visions. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that's the cat knocking over the microphone. It was totally the cat. I told you. I was like, I know that's going to happen. <laughs> so this is um, Jasmine's cat is interfering yeah. with our interview right now. But anyway, 
we roll with the punches here on Transformations with Jane okay. podcast. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, oh wait, you're in your assignment. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a cook. Um, you don't like cooking. <laughs> I don't like cooking. My um, my vision for my you know perfect future day has my husband cooking all the meals, and I'm oh, I, I don't cook that. any of them, right? <laughs> um, even though I grew up in a family where my with my father was a chef and my sister is a foodie herself, but somehow I've sort of missed that gene. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I said to Jasmine before we got on the, the call here today, um, I'm going to challenge you to inspire me to get over this <laughs> and become more interested in food and in cooking. So um, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, you know, what I often find is when people say they don't enjoy cooking and, and not speaking for you, just in general is what I hope to inspire people with is that if they don't like it because they think it's complicated or because they think they can't make delicious food, that's where I step in. So if someone just doesn't really enjoy food, that's like, I don't enjoy running. And it's like, no one, I don't care what you think you can share with me or teach me. I just don't like running. <laughs> so there's, there's a little bit of a difference there, but if, if it's about the ease and the deliciousness and not having the confidence to cook, then that's really where I step in and also giving the inspiration for new flavors and creativity. So yeah, just to speak, if anyone's listening and you resonate with any of that, like, oh, it's complicated or I'm not a good cook or I can never make delicious meals or my kids don't like it. Any reason like that, it's just about having the right resources and, and the right support really. Yeah, definitely. It makes a huge difference having to not make decisions about what to cook, <laughs> to just be like, oh, that looks good. We'll do that. Um, yes. To have the help in the, in the supermarket with the, because I know your membership provides a shopping list, right? So it does, yes. you just go and you just buy the stuff that's on there and that's done. Yeah. So many decisions are removed. For me, it's, I don't know if it was like childhood trauma or something, but I used to have to cook for my family because my mother worked, right? And my father worked. And so I would I was the cook from like age of 10 or something. Mm, okay. And it was kind of like, you have to do this or we don't eat, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, which makes sense. And of course, a lot of things that we carry into our adulthood, most everything is from our childhood. So <laughs> that's where with your dinner is planned, the intention with all the recipes and even recipes I'm sharing on my Instagram, it's all about the simplicity because once people actually try it, and I say to try at least a week of the recipes to see how simple and delicious they are, then it doesn't become a chore and it doesn't become, oh, I have to prep food for my family. Instead, it's, oh, I have the opportunity to spend time getting creative, a little amount of time getting creative and, you know, enjoying more time with my family. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, the recipes that you have in your, um, <clears throat> in your membership, how long do you usually take to cook sort of one meal for a family? Is, do you sort of try to keep it within a certain time frame? I do. Yeah. They typically take around 30 minutes at the most, some of them 20 minutes. And I say 30 minutes at the most because some will have a little bit longer baking time. I will say I do have some, maybe about two or three a month that I throw in that are a little bit more complicated and, or even just take a little bit longer. Perhaps it's a soup that needs to simmer, but again, that's just really so I can teach the members more things too, instead of just the plain 
recipes that take 20 minutes. It's a variety of recipes to learn different sauces and different ingredients and different flavors. So the intention though is it's for busy families who still need to eat. We all need to eat. And so they usually take around 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, that's a good amount of time. Like I find I can manage within 20 to 30 minutes to get something yeah. Yeah, going. And, and yeah. oftentimes that's how long it takes to go out to eat or to go to a restaurant and to get un- maybe unhealthy food. So yeah, definitely, definitely simple and quick. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're baking things, it's, you know, you don't have to stand there and watch it bake. So that's not so bad either, (laughs) you know, simmering and all of that. You can be doing other things as well. So, yeah. And, you know, we're obviously, well, I'm obviously in Japan and we do have sort of similar sorts of things here in Japan where it's like a meal service that's delivered, uh, like Mm -hmm. they deliver the food and you, the menu and you just cook the food and it comes fresh every day. They have those sorts of things here, obviously, but the problem is unless you can read Japanese really well, Oh, you yeah. have no idea what to do with the food, right? And yeah. <laughs> not every, like it's taken, like I've been here 16 years now and I've been studying Japanese for 25 years or so. And I'm at the point where I can actually read these recipes <laughs> finally. Um, <laughs> so it's a long, a long struggle for some people to get to a level where they could actually do that with local options. So that's why I was really interested in um, your dinner's plan. You know, it, it's an English option for people who cannot use the local Japanese options. It is. Yes. And you know what I find, I don't know if it's similar to the mill delivery boxes in Japan, but here it's pre-portioned ingredients and you almost, you have to follow the directions step by step because otherwise you're going to be wasting in the ingredients. You can't omit something that you don't like. So that's what I found is especially different with the recipes I create is it does allow for some creativity or some adjustments if someone has an allergy or doesn't like some of the flavors instead of being so restricted to these boxes of ingredients. That is true. I often find that, you know, the menu that we get delivered is like, yeah, no, I don't want to cook that. And I cook something else with the yeah. food that they've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes something different with it sometimes. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that happens everywhere. So, yeah, that's really good about flexibility. So what kind of food do you have in this um, Your Dinner is Planned? Oh, now I have founding members who joined 95 weeks ago. Tomorrow they will receive... <laughs> week 95 and every single week they receive five new recipes. So I'm totally getting out my calculator right now. 95 times, whoops, 95 times five. I don't even know what that is. 95 times five, 475 recipes. So every single recipe is different. It's unique. So what kinds of recipes I have are a huge variety. What I love to do is take traditional favorites and i say traditional from whether it's a cultural tradition or a childhood tradition and turn those into healthier versions and show people how simple it can be so what i also have and i'll give some examples of dishes i do actually have in there but what i also have is um like i said teaching people new sauces and like homemade dressings and homemade marinades so anyway we have homemade spaghetti and meatballs we have chicken enchiladas we have pad thai and 
it's not about eliminating carbs or eliminating dairy or cheese. It's just about enjoying well-balanced, healthy meals amongst a variety, 475 for founding members recipes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw on Instagram, was it today? Well, it popped up in my feed about the ranch dressing. And I was like, oh, yum. Like, I love ranch dressing. But the bottle stuff is not good, right? I just... I don't like it. Yeah, it has a lot of chemicals and preservatives. So, you know, anything in moderation, I hate to assign the word bad to it because, no, I mean, I don't think many people are drinking an entire bottle of ranch, but... When we can make our own, and that's a great example of what I love to do with recipes, when we can make our own and really strip away the ingredients that just aren't necessary, it's still just as delicious. And the ranch is a really good example of that. Mm, Yeah. And like, you know, for us here in Japan who may have a thing for ranch dressing and then can't quite get our hands on it, you can make it from home with the ingredients that Jasmine put in her recipe that was available for you on Instagram today and I just was looking through the the list of things thinking oh you know I won't be able to make that here in Japan mm-hmm. um and then I just thought oh buttermilk is on the recipe right and so I just looked up how to make buttermilk you know oh <laughs> yeah it's really easy to make homemade yeah you can make that as well with like vinegar and like yeah a bunch of stuff you already have in your house so yeah definitely go out there and give that a try if ranch is your thing and see what you think of it yeah so um, tell us, Jasmine, what do you know, of, you know, like, do you have a favorite Japanese food that you like to have, that you like? Oh, am I being extra typical if I say sushi? <laughs> well, pretty much everyone who lives here will say the same thing, you know, they have sushi too. Because, yeah, it just can't be beat. And I love seafood. I love rice and I love tasting different sauces and even the mayonnaise that's put on sushi. I I love sushi. It never gets old. So I feel like that's a good definition of something that's a favorite. There might be things that are a little better, but for me, a favorite is when it just never gets old and that's sushi for sure. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. And and I don't know like what the level of sushi is like in, um, in California these days, I'm pretty sure it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, when you like, when I go overseas, I try to avoid eating sushi <laughs> overseas because it, you just can't really compare it to sushi here in Japan. Yeah, um, I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. luckily we're on the coast, so the yes. seafood, the seafood is good. But in terms of you know just the techniques and the love that and the skill and the expertise that um, I'm sure is put into sushi in Japan, oh, I can't wait to try it someday. Yeah, well, there's obviously different levels. Like you can have sushi for like, you know, a couple of dollars a piece, Mm. Uh, like, you know, for a couple of pieces for like a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can have like one piece that will cost you like $10. (laughs) I want to try the fancy sushi. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like you need to try all of them just to see. Yes, true. So this is this. And, and, um, you know, like, so our family is having a special guest come and visit us on Sunday night. So we've ordered home delivery sushi and that is like the best sushi you can get in our town. Yeah. And so we're having home delivery sushi and it's really, really good thick pieces of fish, all of this. So yeah, you definitely have to come and experience um, sushi in Japan. It's probably quite different too. And, you know, I, I love how when I go to different countries, I can see that how they've sort of manipulated sushi to the local flavors or the local tastes of yeah. the people. And it's like, Oh my God, I never thought of making that into sushi. And I love showing Japanese people like, look what 
they did to the sushi in this <laughs> Korea. and then because it like people you know people can be so um what's the word um innovative yeah yeah with yeah. um other countries food because they don't have these preconceived notions about what it has to look mm -hmm. like and that's yeah. really interesting as well so that's why i wanted to ask you um you know from your background of creating these recipes what would be some really cool flavors to mix up with japanese flavors like spices um that you think would be a little bit different or a little bit edgy to try yeah so that's actually the direction i was going to start is with spices so spices and herbs spices seasoning and herbs can completely transform a dish so jane you and i were talking a little bit earlier and you mentioned you know maybe some fusion type inspiration and what came to my mind was using the freshness and the base of ingredients that already are used in japan so salmon for example or even just fresh fish and then a base, even if it's still rice, but then taking that base and the flavors that you know you already love and enjoy, and then experimenting with herbs and spices. And that's where you can really get creative based on what your taste buds are looking for. So for example, if you wanted to throw in some Mexican flavors, then it's a mixture of cumin and chili powder, as an example. Or if you want to go Italian route, then it's some garlic and it's some fresh parsley. So even just by using two to three different herbs and spices, it can really transform a dish and throwing in a little bit of fresh citrus, like some lemon juice to really tie in the fresh herbs that you're using. So my advice to get creative and start experimenting and experiencing new flavors is take what you already love as the base of a recipe and then just start with different seasonings and especially different herbs, even if they're dried herbs just having them on hand and maybe even every week it's trying a new dried herb and just seeing how you like it. And then once you start experiencing the new flavors, you can start swapping out what you're actually creating. So instead of salmon, maybe it's a fish or a protein that you don't eat as much and you can try different herbs and spices with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sort of having images of what I could mix with miso. Um, yeah. We use a lot of like miso is really good for you, right? Cause it's, um, I love me. So yeah, um, I'm, my English is so bad. I just forget all these words all the time. Now I'm trying to think of the word for something that, you know, as being grown, like it's, uh, like fermented, that's the word. Oh, fermented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Fermented food. Right. So, um, like having miso daily is so good for gut health and all of yeah. that stuff. Right. So love me. So love me. So soup. What could I put with, like to make miso soup just that little bit more interesting. You know what the first thing that came to my mind was, unless this is already done, but some tomato sauce. What? So, oh, okay. Because the sweetness of the tomatoes mm -hmm. and the, a lot of soup bases, especially Italian soups or even like, some traditional soups we have here, even like a chili, a lot of them are tomato sauce bases. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said miso soups. I said, I think that would be really amazing with some tomato sauce. Just a subtle difference that it would add to still have the flavors of the miso in something that's also so affordable. Tomato sauce is so affordable and putting that in. And then I'm going to take it one step further and, and add in. So just adding in a veggie that maybe you haven't had in a while or a veggie you haven't tried. A soup is a really great vehicle, if you will, to start trying new veggies because there's so many other flavors 
that it just really just adds a different texture to the soup as well. Mm, yeah. So, um, just, you know, cultural difference here as a New Zealander, when you say tomato sauce, that mm. means what probably ketchup for you. Oh, so okay. no, actually, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm glad you asked because I think it's probably a very American thing. I mentioned Italian, but when I was in Italy, there was not tomato sauce. So I'm talking American style. It's typically in a can. And so you're it's... talking about pasta sauce, right? Like you would yes. use it like a tomato based sauce you would technically put with pasta. Exactly. So it, it's, it's crazy over here in the United States because we have too much. We have ketchup, which is so different than pasta sauce, but that's the base I'm talking about. So if we were to make homemade pasta sauce, we would start with tomato sauce and it doesn't have any of the seasonings. So it's essentially the base of a marinara pasta sauce, but without anything added. So basically just, you could even take fresh tomatoes and blend them up. Okay. So it's that like a mixture of puree, tomato puree and like fresh and like diced tomatoes. Whiz. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's, <laughs> it's pretty smooth. It's not very chunky because mm. it does come in a can, but I think to be, to start even go on the fresh side with this, I changed my idea and instead of tomato sauce, because that is something we are very used to over here, just blending tomatoes would be really, really good texture and the sweetness to add to a soup. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Cause, um, in New Zealand, we refer to ketchup as tomato sauce. Right. And if you start oh, with people you're saying ketchup, people are like, where do you think you're from? You know? <laughs> it's tomato oh sauce. yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Ketchup is ketchup. And then tomato sauce is just usually tomatoes sauce. blend into a really thin sauce. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank that, you. Good question. Yeah. That clears that one up for me and some of my listeners. Yeah. will. Yes. That will clear that up for them too. kind of evolved so we can, you know, see the differences and there's a, there's always a solution to if I'm ever using an ingredient that is not accessible somewhere else, then there's always a solution. Typically it's a fresher version because that's what I found, especially when I travel, is uh, a lot of ingredients used that are that are very fresh, which I love. Mm. And so, one little um, tip from Japan to you about miso soup, right? Because um, what I find is that people overseas don't actually know how to make it properly, and they wonder why it doesn't taste very good. Mm. And that's because it's first of all they've missed out the fish stock, right? Oh, so, okay. Um, the fish stock is like a powder that you put in the, the water when you're boiling the water for the soup. And without that, it's going to taste terrible. So. Okay. Good to know. And I didn't know it was a powder. I've only yeah. seen fish sauce. Okay. Yeah. So this is, um, yeah, it's like, it's fish, it's called fish stock. Right. And it's made generally from like tuna or something like that. Um, okay. And some misos that you buy do, do come with fish stock in them. Got it. Okay. Right? So yeah, you just have to check on that. But if you want your miso soup to taste even better, you've got to make sure you've got the fish stock in there. Okay. <clears throat> or it could be yeah. like um, seaweed stock, like kelp stock that works. Yeah. Too. That's really okay. nice. Um, and another trick is to put a little bit of ketchup in your miso soup. Oh, so like actual ketchup ketchup. Yeah. Like a, like, like a teaspoon. Or like Interesting. So I've never done that, but my mind went right to the to the tomato sauce. So I um, guess it's a different. <laughs> it's a different. It's not. You don't actually notice that it's in there, but it's the flavors that that like it's so 
ketchup is so flavorful, right? Yeah, yeah. So those flavors disseminated through the soup really give it just a really nice taste. So you only need like a like a teaspoon in okay. a whole pot of in a like a you know like two or three bowls oh, worth okay. of soup. Like not each person's bowl of soup gets ketchup, right? <laughs> so yeah, just a little bit, and it really okay. yeah, it's like a like a it's called a a hidden flavor, right? In in Japan, it's called a hidden flavor. So, um, it's kakushi aji in Japanese, and my husband swears by it for making miso soup. So yeah, oh. if you're ever making it yourself, just give that a wee try. It'll make it yeah much better. Awesome, yeah. I love Do that. Boil the miso, okay? Do not boil the miso. No. Okay. When you do that, you kill all the good stuff that's in there. So, oh. so what we do is we boil the water and the vegetables that are in there for the soup with the stock until everything's cooked. And you turn off the heat, put in your miso, and it's done. Okay. Okay. So putting it in last too. Yeah, putting it in last, and then it's just done. You don't need to boil it once the miso's been dissolved. It's ready to go. It's ready to be eaten. And that's when it's in its best um sort of form and you're going to get all of the healthy goodness from it that's you know in this fermented food that the miso is because if it's boiled then that's all sort of killed off basically when you boil it yeah, yeah. Awesome. so yeah no, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's that's just um something for well obviously people overseas who might be listening to this episode um I, th- I often find that they they love miso soup, but they don't they haven't actually had very good miso soup before, until they've had like it made properly in Japan, and they're like, why can't I make miso soup <laughs> like I had in Japan? I'm like, yeah, because yeah. you're missing these steps. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's awesome. That's super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, so that's miso soup. All right. Yeah. So actually, some of my um, friends here in Japan use. Um, your dinner is planned and they love it. So yeah. if people are thinking they'd like to sign up for that, where do they, where can they go to hear more about that? So you can go to yourdinneristplanned.com and it has all the information there. I mentioned briefly what's provided is five dinner recipes every single week and an entire grocery list for the week. And then also a community of support. And I will mention, we do have members who don't live in the United States. We don't have metric conversions, but what I like to point out is because it's five new recipes every single week planned for you is the inspiration and the planning and the thinking is done. So even if it's just about getting a new idea or thinking, oh, I'm going to make a soup or I'm going to try this pasta, the ideas are there, the resources are there. And that's really what I'm here to do is take all the work out of that planning. So yourdinneristplanned.com if you guys are interested. And then of course, message me on Instagram with any questions. I love being on my messages there. Even if you're not joining and you just have cooking questions, let me know. Very good. Yeah. So go and check out yourdinneristplanned.com. Take all of that thinking, deciding nonsense off your plate and let <laughs> Jasmine do that for you. Yeah. And you love to do this, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it completely lights me up. It's, it's fully in my zone of genius to be able to take recipes and turn them into healthy versions, but it really is so much more than just recipes. And the mission that we're here to spread is that healthy eating can be approached in a very sustainable way because we see so much in the media and we're confused and 
what's right, what's wrong, how do I be healthy, I need to do this for my children, and so much is out there. So that's the, our mission is to just simplify that and take away the rules and the guilt and the stress and just say, here are dinners that are simple. And that's why I say it's more than just recipes because it is about that feeling of freedom and the less pressure and yeah, so that's what that's what your dinner's plan about. It completely lights me up. I love seeing people across the world implement these recipes because every recipe they implement is a step towards that healthy, sustainable lifestyle. Perhaps it's replacing a meal out to eat or an unhealthy meal or or whatever it may be, but one recipe at a time. I'm I'm here to change the world. <laughs> one recipe at a time. I love it. And you know, like you're you're saying, you know, things like, you know, healthy recipes and all that, but I'm like they look so good like when I see them on Instagram they don't look like healthy recipes do you know what I mean like not boring yeah recipes, right yeah they're not what you typically think it's not kale and quinoa and a lot of the superfoods you hear out there because my definition of healthy is really just about how we feel and being consistent and like I mentioned earlier just stripping away all those excess ingredients the heavy creams and the heavy oil that we just don't need, but still keeping it delicious and easy. And I saw chocolate chips in one thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love chocolate chips. So that goes back to the moderation piece. You know, we're not eating an entire bag of chocolate chips, but having a few chocolate chips and enjoying chocolate throughout the day, that's definitely my definition of chocolate because it's much healthier. I mean, I said that's my definition of chocolate. That's my <laughs> definition of healthy because it's much healthier than feeling guilty or depriving ourselves. So yes, chocolate, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. And, you know, we, we can really enjoy things in moderation if we're not having them all the time, but yeah. never having them either is not the answer as well. That's, that's exactly and that's, to a happy place. That's for sure. Yes. And that's really the, the tools that we aim to provide for sure. Yeah, actually I went to, um, California last October. That's where I saw you at um, BBD yes. live actually. And yeah, it was a really eye opening experience because I've been in Japan for so long now that um, I was like, wow, I'm in this foreign country, America. <laughs> and, um, and there was corn chips everywhere. Like, um, like for, and even for breakfast in the cafe we would go to, they would serve us corn chips at breakfast time. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. Yeah, we, we love our chips. <laughs> corn chips with a breakfast omelet at the cafe. Yeah. That said, you know, you get some pretty weird stuff for breakfast here in Japan too, you know. <laughs> Have you ever eaten rice for breakfast? You know, no, but my husband does, but he makes it very sweet. So it'll almost be like a cream of rice with some cinnamon and some milk that he'll make oh okay right right yeah but um, i know most japanese kind of, people it's would... probably a question for the wrong person because i like <laughs> I, I don't know i love rice <laughs> yeah um i guess if you made that recipe here like japanese people would freak out if you tried to get them to eat sweet um rice like oh, that yeah. okay yeah we love sweet rice <laughs> yeah um but here yeah, the average breakfast for the average japanese person is rice miso soup oh okay or a raw egg, um, some seaweed. Yeah, super duper healthy. But yeah, I'm not so much into that. I just <laughs> rice yeah, for breakfast. No, definitely not a sweet breakfast, it sounds like. Over no. here, we have our waffles and our pancakes. And 
Yeah, so it, it's very interesting to, <clears throat> excuse me, experience the cultures of different, uh, you know, the foods of uh, different cultures. So yeah, I really hope you get to make it over to Japan um, one day soon, Jasmine, especially since you know a few people that live here now, right? No, I do. Now is the time to come and experience um, what we have to offer over here because actually in, um, in Japan, you can eat your way around the world without actually having to leave Japan and yeah. you will be able to eat some of the best food in the world from every single oh. country so you know like we have french food here that is far better than any french food you'll find in I, believe it. I would love to experience eating in japan it sounds sounds incredible yeah it is definitely a food um mecca over here and, yeah. and even unless your average person is like very um sort of well-versed on food you know mm -hmm. and, and for example even just fruit you know, like your average New Zealand person will be like strawberries as a strawberry, you know, like there's one okay. kind of strawberry, but in Japan, it's like, hell no, there's at least 10 types. And this oh, one is that wow. one. like, okay. even just the, the humble strawberry is an yeah. art form here. And it's so good. Yeah. So we're heading into strawberry season here soon. So I'm a bit excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I would learn so much as well. Yeah, it is very, very, very eye-opening. So yeah, get that on your calendar <laughs> sometime yeah, soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so any final words for us today before you head off? Yeah, so my final words really relate to creativity. And I know you're all about the transformations and we can experience those transformations even in stepping outside of our comfort zone with what we're eating because eating is so prevalent in our daily lives. And it's a decision, decisions that we must make every day. So why not start just having fun with it and getting creative? And when I say creative, it really goes back to my tips earlier about trying a new spice or trying a new vegetable. And it sounds like there's a lot of respect for produce out there, which I love. And I say that in the most genuine way, like 10 kinds of strawberries. We just don't appreciate it like that here is, is no, what I yeah it's amazing mm. yeah so experiencing new flavors and getting creative to really start to see what you're capable of in the kitchen as well and you don't have to eat the same foods over and over again no matter what country we live in we can you know experiment with new herbs and spices and just see what we like and just have fun with it so that's my advice is if you're feeling in a rut or think you're not confident, it just takes a little bit of practice and it always ends up being worth it because you always learn something and experience something new. That is true. And, you know, even in Japan, which, you know, when I think back to 16 years ago when I first came, like now we can get access to so many things that we never used to be able to get here. Mm -hmm. I can get almost everything you know, that is available in the world if I want. And maybe I might have to order it on Amazon, but I can get it, you know. So um, even here in the outside of Tokyo in a very small town where I live. So yeah, go out there and, and give it a go, guys. There's no excuses anymore for blaming yeah, Japan exactly. <laughs> for not being able to have certain foods and things. It's maybe you just need to be a little bit more prepared about getting some of the ingredients than, um, you know, just deciding at the last minute you're making pad thai and then you realize you haven't got, you know, X, Y, Z. Mm. Um, 
you know, it may just need a little bit more preparation in that respect. So yes. it's great. We can, yeah, we don't have to just eat Japanese food all the time. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming and coming today, coming along today and sharing us, uh, sharing with us your, um, your enthusiasm for food. And I have been inspired and I realize now it is my choice to not like cooking yeah. or I can choose to like it yeah um and enjoy it and why not yeah <laughs> why yes, make it I a love choice that. <laughs> the choice is ours the choice is ours that's right well thank you so much jasmine yes thank you so much shane this was so fun and like i said if you guys have any questions that i can help you with please reach out yes you go and find jasmine over on instagram at jazzy things She's always there hanging out, right? Yes, I am. Stay <laughs> <Okay>. there. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Jasmine. I hope you enjoyed that. And I thought it was interesting, her idea to put some pasta sauce, as I call it, and she called it tomato sauce, um, in miso soup. Like, I can imagine that would taste pretty damn good, actually, and it would be a really nice um, sort of switch up for members of the family who are a bit sick of miso soup. I know I get a bit sick of it sometimes, but when I haven't had it for a week or so, I'm like, <gasps> give me my miso soup. So, yeah, and if you are struggling with making miso soup, then definitely um, – you make sure you you are putting in your dashi properly, yeah, and haven't skipped that. And also um, that a, a teeny weeny bit of ketchup or, you know, tomato sauce can really, really, really improve the flavor of your soup as well. And don't boil it once you put the miso in, it just sits thin, yeah. If you boil it, then all of the goodies are gone and that, that, um, that help you with, you know, having good um, gut health gut gut bacteria health isn't it yeah and another cool um hint i have for easy peasy miso soup um you know like this is the one thing that <laughs> that i'm quite sort of evangelical on is having like a bag of emergency frozen chopped up vegetables in your freezer and you just put it in a ziploc bag so like if you have any vegetables that look like they're about to go off and you're not going to get to them and this could be, for example, daikon, those big white radishes, or um, huxai, the Chinese cabbage, or um, like carrots, mushrooms. What else? Onions, definitely. I always have like at least a couple of onions chopped up and in the freezer. And so I just grab, I just grab out that plastic bag and I grab a big handful and I throw it in the pot and there's your vegetables for your soup and there's like zero preparation time involved and you know you can put all sorts of things in the negi and there's long onions um yeah like anything that freezes well there's quite a few things that freeze well like um even like um spinach and stuff yeah you can chuck that in as well so definitely do that as a huge time saving as your family likes to have miso soup regularly and, and especially if people like it for breakfast which can be a little bit <laughs> um, frustrating trying to make that at breakfast time so yes that's all for today if you're interested in trying out your dinner as planned definitely shoot over and um see that but if you just follow jasmine on her um, Instagram even she puts up all kinds of like valuable 
you know, recipes and things right up there on her Instagram. So you don't even have to join your dinner as planned unless you really want to. So um, go over and check out what she's got going on her Instagram there. You know, lots of yummy, yummy food popping up on there. And you can see her um, her two cats and she's got a dog now as well that she's um, rescued. And you can see what she gets up to, you know, walking all the rescue dogs and things. So that's really awesome. Yeah, definitely go over and follow her over there. And thank you so much for listening as always. If you would like to let me know what you thought of the episode or recommend someone for another episode, please give me a shout out at at Jane Nakata on Instagram or Transformations with Jane on Facebook. I really can't wait to hear from you. And we also have a community around this podcast now. So um, if you come and join the community, you will definitely get the insider information about all sorts of cool things. And yeah, we're actually having, you know, it's a celebration month this month. So yeah, there's been some very cool things happening in our um, community now as well about that. So don't miss out on that, especially if you're a regular listener. I'm not going to be like bashing you all the time in there. This is like my place to um, really serve you as a listener. So um, if you do join, come over to Facebook. You can find um, the information about that in the show notes. Okay, so thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. みなさんこんにちは。今日のインタビューはジャスミンさんと一緒にでした。ジャスミンさんはあのカリフォルニア州に住んでます。で、ジェンのあのコーチ、あのジェームズウェッモっていう方のコーチのサブコーチの方なん
あの届くのでもう週1回スーパーに行ってその必要なものを買ってあの1週間の料理は簡単に作れる20分間ぐらいかかる料理なんですねでもちろん日本はちょっと違うあの材料があるあるしあとたまにそのスパイスとかハーブとかはちょっと手に入りにくいかもしれないんですけどあの多分リピートリピートするので、あの、一回買うと何回も使えるっていうのはしてますよ。あの、ジャスメンさんはその一回だけの、この一本のハーブを買ったら一回だけ使うんじゃなくって、あの、いろんな料理に使えるように、あの、無駄、無駄にならないようにはしてますね。なので、すごく、なんかちょ、もうちょっと洋風な料理に上手になりたいなと思ってるんだったら、おすすめですね。で、私は、あの、まあ、日本に住んでる私が、日本の、多分みんなしてると思うんですけど、ヨシケっていう、あの、メニューと、あの、その、食料品を配達するサービスを使ってるんですね。で、ヨシケは、多分日本中にある、あるんですね。私の街にあれば、多分ほとんどのところに、あの、配達してるんですね。で、あの、入って1年間ぐらい経ってるんですね。1年間ぐらい使ってて、その、あの、メニュー選ぶのはもう5分かからないぐらいで、で、毎日、まあ平日だけ頼んでるんですけど、毎日、あの、その、新鮮な食材が届くんですね。で、その、その届く人も結構仲良くなったし、楽しいですね。毎日、そのなんかお話もできる方がピンポンしてくれるんですね。なので、あの、ぜひ試してみてください。もし日本語バージョンの方が良かったら。あの、まあ、一週間でもたた試ししてみて、あの、多分、あ、すごい楽だったわ、と思うようになる。特にそのあの頭の考えなくてもいいことが増,えあの増,やあ増やすじゃなくて減るのであのすごいあのストレスも減るその夕ご飯のことが減るのであと多分みんな考えてるのはじゃあそれ頼んだらその日にそれその届いた食べ物を食べたくないんだったらどうするのっていうあの<笑>と思ってるんだけど実はすぐ気にしなくなるんですよ。あの、意外とチョイスがありすぎて、迷っちゃうだけでストレスになるんですね。でも、すぐ慣れて、あ、今日のメニューはこれですよね、と、あの、見たら、もう全然 OK です。<笑>で、家族も、あの、文句言えないですね。で、文句言わなくなるんですね。あなんでお母さんはこれを作ったの私があれが欲しかった。たんだよみたいな話がゼロになるんですなぜかっていうとよしげが決まったもの届くのでしょうがないこれ食べるか何もない食べるか<笑>なのですごく助かりますいろんな面で
値段的に高いですかとか聞かれるんですけど、あの、私はほとんどスーパーに行かなくなったから、もう、あの、一週間分が七まあ3人分頼んでるんですけど、7000円、8000円ぐらいなんですね。で、多分、あの、よく見ると、その、あの、その分を買うと8000円、8000円はしないんですけど、あの、私はスーパー行かないから、もうほ、あの、スーパー行っちゃうと、いろんな余計なものを買ってしまうのは、ね、みんなしてるので、あの、ほか、大体、まあ、減ってるんですね。あの、食事の、に使ってる、あの、お金がだいぶ減ってると思います。あの、余計なものを買わなくなったり、あと、牛乳とかパンとか、その納豆とかも、あの、届いてくれるので、本当にスーパーい、まあ、週一回ぐらいは行ってるのかなうん。に、あの、す,すっごい時間が、あの、増え、時間、無駄の時間が減って、あと、ね、そういう、なんか、スーパー行くだけで1時間とかかかるので、そういう時間が、あの、ゲットしましたね。なので、その7千8千円は全然安いなと思います。逆に。<笑>なので、まあ、興味があったらぜひ試してみてください。じゃあ、皆さん、あの、また来週よろしくお願いします。いつもありがとうございました。バイバイ。